Hello again, and welcome to SEC Basketball Reaction here at Southeastern 14. I'm Chris Lee, your host, joined by my usual co-host Blake Lovell and Max Barr. We're here to rewind some games from Tuesday night. Road wins. I know those are kind of extinct in college basketball, or so we thought. We had two of them last night, although one of them not surprising at all. The other one, uh, probably a little bit more so. That is Tennessee winning at Missouri. That is Arkansas winning at Texas A&M. We will unwind both those in just a minute. But a reminder, our channel brought to you by Online, which continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today. Become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online. The game starts here. Let's start in Columbia, gentlemen. A game that Tennessee wins. Dalton Connect gets hot late. Tennessee wins this a little more comfortably, I guess, than the five-point margin would indicate. But, my goodness, uh, th this one, we we thought for a minute we were going to have a game in the 30s with both teams, <laughs> the way these guys started. Maybe that is just, uh, as they said, on the field of 68 this morning, you know, a, a team on the road playing a game that it knows it should win in an empty building with the team having a miserable season, Missouri now having lost 16 of 17, and Dennis Gates voicing some frustration afterwards. Blake, I'll start with you this time. Uh, since it's your client, Dennis Gates, we're talking about for part of this, uh, and, of course, Tennessee, which – uh, one of us ranked first in our power ranking. Some of you did not. Uh, anyway, that's that's a lot to throw at my Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So your your victory lap for Tennessee is a five-point win at the team that is 0-13 now in SEC play. That's your reasoning. Why? Okay. There's sure. sure there, oh, yeah. The what a, what a choice that was. My Okay. The, the, don't get me started on that again. Tennessee again. <laughs> Tennessee fans, I, I think this team is great. But – Let's not let Chris Lee get ahead of himself in terms of um, trying to justify his ranking based on this game. I would have picked another one because it wasn't pretty for Tennessee for uh, a good little while here. Um, Sean East, I mean, kind of carried Missouri, but Noah Carter had a big game. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same story for Missouri, although they, they finally hit some threes. That helped. Uh, but, yeah, it's just kind of a sloppy – performance like you said it was really low scoring early uh, what was it i don't even remember it was a nine to it was one nothing after like five minutes <laughs> i mean it was it was a bad yeah it was not it, max and i kind of called this we said hey this game these two games maybe although the second one was probably a lot more exciting than we we expected it to be but yeah this was not a pretty game for a while it was i was trying to find the exact yeah it was nine to seven with like nine and a half minutes left in the first half and you're just kind of thinking, boy, this is exactly what Missouri needs here. Like, they need to keep this thing in the 30s, and you feel pretty good about their chances. But, unfortunately, I text you guys, as always, Chris getting ahead of himself, uh, talking about Tennessee maybe losing the game. I said, Chris, they're going to probably wind up winning this game by double digits here. And of course, they did wind up getting up um, by that amount. I don't read a lot into this, all jokes aside. I just, you know, one of those games against a team that has nothing to lose anymore like Missouri and Tennessee is just, you know, they've taken it to the, the bottom three teams. This one was a little harder than the previous two against Vanderbilt and Arkansas. And 
now Tennessee finishes up with their, you know, their actual five game slate that will decide whether they can potentially be a number one seed, whether they can potentially win the SEC title, or, you know, do they drop a couple games here towards the end and all that's out the window. So yeah, this was a grind at times, but you probably thought it could be, even though I wasn't sure it would be. I was going to say that same thing, Blake, about how we kind of called it would get, it was going to be a kind of a gross game. Um, not too fluent, but uh, the one thing that Rick Barnes said that was the biggest difference in this game was he went big in the second half, came out and played both Awaka and Adu together. And that, that was the big difference. I mean, that's what we've been saying with Missouri has been one of their, their biggest downfalls is their physicality and kind of the, you'll see some games where they really get crushed on the boards. Only lost the rebounding battle by five here, but still uh, Awaka with 18 and 10 in 22 minutes off the bench was was probably the difference here. Um, if you told me before the game, Missouri's going to make 10 threes, shoot 37% from outside, and Tennessee's only going to make five threes, I, uh oh, what's going on here? You know, and and I feel like, like we've said a few times this year, these this might be one of those games that Tennessee would have dropped in years past, but then you get Connect who goes on. I think he went on like an 8-0 run by himself. Ganey makes a big second half three, and you see some of those support um, additions that Tennessee brought in kind of step up once again here on the road. Uh, I know it's Missouri, but it's tough to win on the road, and you could see the shots weren't falling, and they, they did find a way to win. So not taking too much away, um, but this is a game that Tennessee might have dropped in years past. All right, but let's get to the main story here, Chris, before we, we move further. Let, let's get to the real headline here, okay? Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> I'm Dennis lost. Gates, after the game. Oh, oh, that's not where you're going. Well, where, where do you want to go with it? I, no, I've got this. another you, one. You go first. I'll, I'll go, I mean, because it's going to be the real headline or what I have to say, so why don't you just go ahead? I thought you were going to bring up the Zakai Ziegler-Eli um, Drinkwitz feud. As a, that's, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, sort of ties in with the other part. But you go ahead on that one, then we'll get to the the Dennis Gates thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys have seen the <laughs> the quote out there, which was pretty funny. I thought at first it was a originating from a parody account, but apparently it was not. Well, was it everybody on Twitter is like, uh, when the, the the boss is away, the the kids will play or whatever because you know Missouri doesn't have an AD anymore, and uh, yeah. Um, boy, yeah, it was quite an interesting situation there. But what I was going to allude to was the quote from one Dennis Gates, and my man must... is done. He's done. He's done with Ooh. this. He's done with this nonsense. Um, did you not see the quote, Chris? I I I saw an allusion to the quote. Maybe I saw a different quote. Read well, it off. The quote? All kinds saw. of stuff going on here. I, yeah, I don't know. Lay it out. Where, this is, what, what, what did you see? How about that? And I'll tell you what I saw. I, I saw the one where he, uh, I think, dropped an F-bomb and asked it. Yes, absolutely. Not, not retract it. Yeah. Yes, don't retract it. I'm not going to say it because we need our YouTube money. But, <laughs> quote, we got to do a better job drawing fouls. I think we suck at it. We're effing terrible. Make sure you don't bleep that out. I apologize, Dennis. I didn't bleep it out. I just didn't say the full word because we need our YouTube money. But the man's the man's tired of this right here. He's tired of losing. Okay? 
and he wants his team to draw more fouls. That's what it comes down to. And as I've seen on Twitter, if you thought that statement was just a one-time thing, you just wait. Because let me tell you, 2024-2025, the Dennis Gates Revenge Tour officially begins. Get your tickets now because it's on. That right there is all you needed to hear, Missouri fans. This man is coming for everything next year. Everything. Get ready. Yeah, I, the looks on his face as the games are going on are just – I don't even know how to put into words sometimes. Saw, saw a few different ones last night. But I do want to get to a more serious topic. His AD very abruptly left this week for a worse job probably in a worse conference. I mean, I guess you could debate where Arizona stands in the pecking order but of, of jobs. But, I mean, she had done a really – I thought outstanding job at Missouri with, with what you're seeing with football. I thought the Gates hire was a great one. Uh, the board of they call their board of directors they call them the curators at Missouri. Of apparently really ticked her off and 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 I, it shocked everybody. Nobody knew this was coming. I think she had turned the Southern Cal job down last year. I'm just going to throw something out there. Okay, I I don't. I don't think I buy it. It was a different time. It was a different place, different situation. But let, let's go back to the last team to go winless in the SEC. The only one. That's Vanderbilt a few years ago. And a very similar situation there. The, the team had bigger expectations. All that was a different thing. Darius Garland got hurt. Vanderbilt went winless. The game started to get away from Vanderbilt. At the end. That hasn't quite happened to Missouri yet. But what happened in the middle of that? Vanderbilt brought in a new athletic director that winter who had different ideas. And one of the first things he did after the basketball season was over is he fired Bryce Drew and brought in Jerry Stackhouse. Now, look, uh, I, I think Dennis Gates and his AD had a pretty good relationship. I'm just going to throw this out there. If Missouri goes winless, which I think is possible, you got a new AD coming in. I mean, I think they would be stupid to fire Dennis Gates. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a new guy. New ADs bringing their different people. Blake's already laughing at me, but I've I've seen this play out. We've seen this play out once before in the not too distant past. And and again, I, I don't think anybody had Desiree Reed Marie Francois uh, leaving Missouri. Uh, coming into this week. Well, you want my rebuttal? Sure. Okay. Here's the difference. What was Vanderbilt's record the year before they went over in the SEC? Not good. 12 and 20. Yeah. Missouri won 25 games last year. Got won an NCAA tournament game for the first time in 83 decades. Um, so I, I think, yes, I, I said when, when Vanderbilt went winless in the SEC, as everybody was asking the same question that year, it's, are they going to fire him? Are they going to fire him? I said, anytime you go over in a conference, it's always on the table. And so if you add in the new athletic director, it makes it a little more interesting, but I mean, they won 25 games last year. They've had two players injured. They've had another player injured at various times. Their best player 
has missed a couple games. They have a, what, top five recruiting class coming in next year? They have five four-stars coming in. So, I'm not going to say there's no chance, because there's always a chance if you go over, which I've been calling, I feel like, for weeks now. I think they might actually do it. But unless you just got an athletic director coming in, you know, coming in trying to beat his chest or something, then, yeah, I, I just... I have no idea if that would even be on the table, but we'll see. Well, and and, and that's my point. The, the point is we have no idea. Uh, Bryce Drew was recruiting Walker Kessler, probably was in lead for him. He was recruiting some other really good players. They had it going in recruiting. They just hit a speed bump they didn't expect. And, and this is my point. You had an AD that left for a worse job. Who who yeah, but, it feels but like on. they want somebody whose strings can be pulled. I'm okay, just saying but, I, I, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen, but I think we've inserted an air of, of unpredictability here that did not exist two, three days ago. Agreed. But the thing is, like the A D leaving, was it surprising? Yes. But was there a tie? Yes. Like it wasn't like it's just there's no ties. Like she went to what? Graduate school there or whatever. So like there was at least a tie there. And Okay. So, I mean, I wouldn't go that far as to say, like, it just, everybody get out of Missouri. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, look, it, like you said, I, I'm not saying, as I've said years previous, always a chance if you go over. But the difference in Vanderbilt and Missouri was that Vanderbilt went over after going 12-20 and 20 the previous year. Missouri won 25 games last year, won an NCAA tournament game for the first time since I don't know what the year was. And so... Have a top five recruiting class coming in next year. So, I get it. I mean, I get it. It's been a miserable season. But I think there are way too many ways you can justify, actually, the, the issues this year where you haven't had two of what we were expected to be your top five players for most of the year. And, yeah. So, and it's not like they're getting blown out. Like, I mean, they're, they a lot of their games are close. So They're going to have we'll one see. of the deepest front courts in the SEC next year. Like they 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 have they have a base. I think it would be foolish to let like let go of Gates right now with what he's got coming in. I need to have a talk with my client about <laughs> one Chris Lee. Set up a with, meeting about Sir Chris sure. Lee. Hey, I'm on. And we're I'm not going to bleep it. Side in this, I just think that you got a school that that's got a board of curators that that wants a puppet there. It feels like to me. And when you have that situation, I think you just don't know where this is going to go. Because, again, I, I think if you judge her on her results, she was doing a great job there, it, it seems to me. She was respected by the people I've talked to down there. I, I, I don't think this was a thing where I, – I think this thing that when it happened, everybody there went, wait, what? They, we had things rolling here for the most part. Again. I, she was a graduate University of Arizona College of Law, or what? What I don't know. Whatever the the tie was that she had, so I, I can. That's another conversation. But like, I could see why that move would be made for someone that wants to make sure an athletic department just doesn't crumble, like Arizona seemingly was about to. So, but I don't know. We'll see. Remember, Missouri fans, you heard it here first. Chris Lee wants Dennis Gates fired, head coach of Missouri Tigers basketball. 
We played another didn't, game didn't last she, night. Didn't she you? also have a chance to take the USC job a few months ago? Am I am I dreaming that? I have I've I've never I've not been on the USC AD beat, so I'm not sure. We'll get I couldn't tell you. I don't know that she had any. Does she have any ties to USC? Um, She'd been at UCLA, I believe. Yeah. So why on earth would she take the USC job? Get out okay, of here. Okay, I, I, did, I did not dream it up. Trojans Wire, May 27th, 2023. Desiree Reed Francois money one of many solid AD candidates USC could pursue. Yeah, she's I, a Bruin. That, that, came, that came up in a conversation. She wants no part of the Trojans. She's a Bruin. Huge Big Ten rivalry there. <laughs> you see that? Big Ten rivalry. Huge. Huge Big Ten rivalry. You can't choose one Big Ten rival over the other. Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten. <laughs> Stop. Judge Judy. Where's Arizona? Logic who, who the- do not prevail with our man Blake Lovell. Where's Arizona play next year? They play in the Big Twelve. Who knows anymore? I don't know, but it's not in the SEC. It's not as I don't even. They may play in the the Mountain Mountain Twelve. Yeah. For all I know, my goodness, this is ridiculous. Let's what let's move on to to the night? Hogs, Tennessee. Congratulations on your win. I still think you're one A one B with Alabama. A lot of talk about Missouri here, but congrats to Tennessee. They're ten and three in the SEC now. Like I said, getting ready to enter the five-game stretch that could win them the league coming up. A&M, the rematch, the revenge tour for Tennessee starts on Saturday against the Aggies. And then they host the fight in Bruce Pearls next Wednesday in another revenge game. And then? And then it's the matchup you've all been waiting for. March the 2nd, Coleman Coliseum, Alabama, and Tennessee. The top two teams in the Southeastern 14 power rankings. Square off. Got a lot of games with Alabama circled. Oh yeah, I feel like we circled every remaining Alabama game as one to watch. They're all fun to watch. And Chris has circled every but, Missouri but let's, game. Let's left. talk about two other teams from the SEC West. Trying to contribute to Dennis Gates' buyout. All right, next game here. Here we go. The Hogs, they're back. All right, we're done here. The Hogs are back. Chris, no thoughts? I'm just going to let this man go because he's going to do what he's going to do anyway. Well, listen. As as Max put on Twitter last night, X, um, Tremont Mark is like the ultimate Aggie assassin. He loves him. I mean, him. this guy is just – give him the Aggies every game. Actually, something, Max, I wanted to look at. I forgot to text this to you last night hmm. because I'm pretty sure – let me let me go back here and check. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Are you going to talk about this. the free throws? No, no, no. This is actually something that's not even related to that. Let me see. Let me go back to. Did they not play? Uh, okay, never mind. I was thinking of somebody else. Um. Anyways, this game last night was. Well, I don't. We both we both picked A and M, right, Max? Yeah, of course we did. Yeah, of course we did. Um. So now the Aggies are on a three-game losing streak. They just dropped a home game to Arkansas. Let me tell you the notification I got on my phone from a certain service that does bracketology about how it was something like the Aggies really needed this win, but it didn't really hurt them all that much. I'm like, what? "What?" I'm thinking, are you serious? 
They just lost at home to Arkansas, who's 13-13 and 13 now, 4-9 in the SEC, and this didn't hurt them that much? Like, how can it not? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. But as Max was saying a second ago, and <laughs> come on. If you're picking two teams to shoot a combined, what was it, 73 free throws? Come yep, on. Again. If you had to pick two teams in the league to do it, it was going to be these two. And so, man, I again, it was just the Tremont Mark show. 26 points. Six rebounds, five assists. He had a block. He had a steal. Played 36 minutes. Mitchell, who Max has been talking up here, he's like, hey, it, it may not be the Tremont Mark show anymore. Maybe the Makai Mitchell, you know, matinee, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this guy is just, he's had what? A couple games now. Uh, back to back. Yeah, back to back. 22, 21. Yeah, career highs. You're right. But like, even go, go further, we were talking about him a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, he had 12 against Kentucky, 19 Missouri, 10 LSU, 14 Georgia. So, yeah, this guy's been playing really well. But I don't know how else to say it, man. A&M, 20 offensive rebounds, but they just they still cannot shoot the ball, and that's what it comes down to. They just cannot play good offense, and that's a problem. Arkansas's only chance to make the NCAs would be, I think, to – somehow avoid the the Wednesday night game, which that, that helped a lot last night. I, I think <laughs> this guy said we can just about lock Arkansas into that Vandy matchup. Maybe maybe not. Mm-hmm. Although now now with LSU um surging a little bit that, that becomes a little tougher to get out of that spot because that's one of the teams they were kind of competing with, I guess. But even though LSU had a head start there. I guess what I'm saying is let's 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 dream a little bit. Is, is there any scenario in which Arkansas, because now that, that's back-to-back road wins, can can put a little something together and, and make this kind of interesting and get into the weekend in, in Nashville? I think, I don't know if, now they've, it's an uphill battle. It really is. Um, but they, they do have two of the easier games, two of the, well, this is against 14-13 against Missouri and Vanderbilt coming up here. Um but they played really well against Mississippi State on Saturday, too. Like, this team yep. is, looks like a different team now. And Musk said it in his post game. He said, I feel like we're finally playing with toughness. Like, and you can see it. The team's fine. It finally looks like that that uh, intensity that Arkansas usually brings to a game. And I think it starts with Makai Mitchell. Um, he's just he's, – he's been playing out of his mind, and they finally have a, a low post presence where they can dump the ball down into. And – um just real quick, I thought a huge part of the game was, and I, I, I mentioned this in the preview, and it's kind of hard to realize if you're not watching the games because it doesn't really show up on the numbers, but this Arkansas team is so lengthy, and Chandler Lawson and Mitchell do a really good job at just going straight up. Texas A&M had 20 offensive rebounds, but Arkansas won the second-chance points battle because of how hard it is to score inside on Lawson in Mitchell when they go straight up. So they really impacted Texas A&M's ability to uh, put back all those offensive rebounds. They still rebounded the heck out of the ball, and it didn't work because of Arkansas's length defensively. So, I mean, who would have thought no Brazil, no Menafield, no Jalen Graham, back-to-back road games. They go into <laughs> they go into Texas A&M and win. Um, and plus, Tremont Mark's injured. Musselman said he didn't even know if he was going to play. Said he didn't practice this week. 
Said he's, he's been in rehab all week with his shoulder injury. Had no clue if he was going to play or not. Said he's playing through pain every game. This team's playing with some toughness. I kind of like what I'm seeing from Arkansas. They could play a little bit of spoiler here. They got to go. They have two big road games against Kentucky and Alabama here in March. So, I don't know. Just keep an eye on them. They're, they're playing well. Yeah, they, they got a lot of talented pieces they do. on that bench. Now, sometimes they don't all play. Uh, like that Jalen Graham's one that, you know, some nights he gives him 20, 25 minutes. Some nights he doesn't get off the bench at all, which I think was, he was out last, last night. night. Okay. Yeah. The p- point is they, they've got some spare parts in reserve that have played good ball at, at portions of their career. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any amount of money on it, but I think stranger things have happened. They, they've got talent. We all know that. So uh, Blake, to your, to your part about AM and the, the bracketologist alert or whatever, uh, guess who's now got three quad four losses? How does that not matter? But also six quad one wins. What, what a weird also resume. six quad one wins and also two quad two losses. They, we'll they get into that on the bracketology. <clears throat> we, we will, but just spoiler alert, they are now four and six in quad two. Um, a quad two and three, excuse me. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and the, the the numbers I like because they attempt to make a number, a way to balance. Because, like, you look at you go, how do you weigh a bad loss against a good win? Well, we have two things that try to do that. That's KPI and ESPN strength to resume. A&M is 51 and 61 in both those. That would leave the Aggies on the outside looking in of the at-large conversation were were the committee to take those numbers at, at face value? Yeah, I mean, I I just yeah, I I don't see how they can afford that kind of loss right now. I just I don't like I, I mean, this was a team because we got to remember too, it's not just looking at that right. It's they have eleven losses right now, like. That number matters too. Like, and we've said that before. Now, I think the two SEC teams have broken the record for teams getting in with the most losses. That was Vanderbilt and Alabama at various points over the past, what, probably five or so years, six years. Um, so it wouldn't be, a, a, you know, out of the norm for an SEC team to get in with 14 losses or something. But I just don't know if AM has that kind of wiggle room at this point. Uh, so, I mean, look, the remaining schedule Tennessee at Georgia. At Ole Miss, they're going to be the underdog, I think, in all three of those games. Like, probably will be maybe a one-point underdog at Georgia, depending on where Georgia's at at the time, maybe. They host South Carolina. They host Mississippi State. You want to talk about two potential rock fights. I mean, those two games, two teams that stylistically can match what they do. So, again, I think I've said this before. If I had to predict a record for a team for the final five games of the season – I had to pick one team in the SEC that I would just throw my hands up and say, I'm not even trying. It'd be A&M. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they go 0-5. And, and I, we'll just, I mean, they, they really could go 0-5 in their yeah. final five games. Yeah. They could also go 4-1. <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe give them the Tennessee loss, and then they win the other four. Like, le- legit. So, I don't know what to make of this team. Um, I just can't imagine there's a scenario where they're getting off the bubble. I think they're just going to be right there hovering – and then maybe they do what we've seen A&M do in the past, and that's make a run in the SEC tournament and be right there once again as the team we're talking about on Selection Sunday. Do they get in? Do they not get in? Maybe it's just a repeat. So 
All right, r- rank these four teams in order of unpredictability going forward. I'll start with Max. And, and I don't have my answer, so I'm going to let you guys filibuster while I think about it myself. Texas A&M, Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina. In order of unpredictability? Unpredictability. Oh, this is easy. Well, Texas A&M, most unpredictable. Then South Carolina, then Auburn, then Tennessee. Texas A&M. South Carolina. Yeah. Auburn, Tennessee. Yeah. See, I, I just Auburn and uh Kentucky was the other one. Oh, Kentucky, not Tennessee. Tennessee. Did I say oh. Tennessee? I meant Kentucky. Does that change anything? You might have. Because mm. I, I think Tennessee's predictable. Auburn and Kentucky probably. I mean, the, the only reason I would say Auburn's it's tough because they don't have Jalen Williams and we don't know exactly how yeah. long he's yeah, gonna be out. That's what was holding me so. back. Which I don't know what they're going to look like with Williams. See, I, I would argue that A&M may be the most predictable of those four. Because I just what? think it's the – How? Look how bad they played lately. Like Auburn – Auburn, yeah, but... the, the, good, the good and the bad of Auburn are all over the place the last four games. Kentucky's been all over the place the last two weeks. It, it's not like we haven't seen a constant undercurrent with A&M. Now, you can well, say Tyrese Rabbit – Healthier. They they just beat Tennessee ten days ago by sixteen points. I mean, yeah. Like I know they're on a three game losing streak, but ten days ago they, they beat Tennessee. They whooped them, and they beat Florida. Yeah, Texas and them. February. Look, listen, this February they win three straight and then they lose three straight. Yeah, that's February. Okay, they win. Hold on, they win three straight against two of the top four teams in the league, and then there. And then they lose three straight against two of the bottom three teams in the league. I don't know what to do with this team. <laughs> to me, that's unpredictable. Like, I don't, I don't know, know how it, we, it couldn't be. I, I Look, they're all unpredictable. That's why I threw them all in there together. Yeah. We're just arguing degrees. I'm, I'm not agreeing. If you want me to say Texas A&M is, is unpredictable, I'm, I'm going to agree with you all the whole time. I'm just wanting to know who you, who you think is See, the hardest to figure out. I don't think Auburn is that un- – Auburn hasn't been unpredictable. I think it'd yeah, be unfair you, you to say that you just said we haven't seen them without well, Jalen Williams. I know that, but you said they're all unpredictable, as in we've seen them be unpredictable to this point. Moving forward, okay, but like Auburn hasn't been unpredictable. Um, and if there's one thing we said about Auburn's, they have the depth. And so, I don't know. I'm I'm not as doom and gloom on Auburn just yet. Um, so, Kentucky, I I maybe they've turned the corner, Max. I mean, maybe that's it. But I'm buying we'll see. it. Tonight against LSU, overreacting, said, overreacting. That's a tricky game, so we'll find out. I'm buying. Okay, let, let me rephrase. Who who of those four teams, Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina, A and M, is going to put together the best resume going forward? Oh well, now we're talking about a ten minute discussion here because we got to look at everybody's no, schedule. I would have to dive into that. <laughs> I I don't know because I I think it's Kentucky and Auburn. In some order, and then Carolina and AM in another order. Well, yeah, I would that, agree I with that. I would just, I wouldn't know how to split between Kentucky and Auburn right away. Which again gets to what I was getting. I think it's more predictable to say I think Kentucky and Auburn are going to be good teams than those other two are. I'd agree with that. So that's maybe that's a better way of saying it. But anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. Like, what do you got, Don? 
But I'll tell you one thing. We got to wrap up here. (laughs) Somehow we've gone 30 minutes on two games. And here's the reason why. There's somebody needs a talking to here, and we should buy him a referee shirt because I wanted to mirror this image right here. I want this to be (laughs) Dennis Gates with his arm around Chris Lee saying, Chris, he's listening to what Chris has had to say. And you can see the look on, on Dennis's face here. He's thinking, boy, did I really just have to listen to this diatribe from this guy right here about me getting fired at Missouri, a place where, by the way, I now have a $25.5 million buyout based on my contract extension Ooh, after last okay. season. That might change things. So that was what was set. <laughs> Maybe, huh? So that is not quite the Jimbo um, ex- uh, uh, buyout. but So the, the terms of the new contract was that his buyout increased to $25.5 million should he leave for another job before this season. So I assume that means it's gone down a little bit. But still, that's, that's a lot of money. And again, let's all just calm down. They may go over. They have a new AD if somebody wants the job based on, you know, whatever. Missouri, I'm just going to I'm going to say this real quickly. If you're looking for a new athletic director and you're looking for somebody who wants to work with Dennis Gates, I'm available. Como. Judge Judy, I would, we'll I would like soon. to enter. I would like to enter some comments into the record here, oh, <laughs> because because my chief antagonist has has played fast and loose with with some things I've said. I'm not advocating for the firing of Dennis Gates. <laughs> In fact, I've been on record saying if Vanderbilt makes a change, you could do a whole lot worse than go grab Dennis Gates if he's on. They're the not going to do that. Let's not kid ourselves. Of course they're not, but but we can dream a little bit because it's our podcast. <clears throat> Judge Judy, th- this man has taken my words. He has twisted them. I'm not saying Dennis Gates should be on the hot seat. I'm not saying he is on the hot seat. What I'm saying is I cannot vouch for the stupidity of other people. And Missouri just did a really stupid thing by running off a good AD. Y- <laughs> you know you know who does stupid things? People with the history of doing stupid things. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it was a one-off. Maybe nothing happens. I'm just saying – we have seen this play out in the SEC in a very similar scenario recently. And I, 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 I don't think, think it's likely. I, and I think you're right. I think you are. I think, I think. well, you mentioned two key differences. The buyout's a whole lot bigger in that case. And, and the recruiting, while Bryce Drew had some things in the hopper that might have popped for him, uh, he, he didn't have them signed in ink like Dennis Gates has got. I, I, think, I think ultimately you're right. I'm just saying it was kind of interesting that this happened the same week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that is probably the best uh, the best rebuttal the kangaroo court has heard in some time, Chris. There was just right. an applause by the jury. I think we could we need to have kangaroo court more often. We do. Who who, who needs to be on trial in the kangaroo court next? <laughs> we'll we'll see because we got a whole bunch of games tonight. All I right. got plenty of. Plenty of people that need to be on there. By the way, your updated will... <laughs> recruiting rankings for 2024. The Duke Blue Devils, the Kentucky stop. Wildcats, Rutgers Basketball, and the Missouri Tigers, your top four. The Baylor Bears at number five. Watch out for Peyton Marshall. 
He's from right here in Atlanta. He is a monster, literally. Oh, 300 pounds monster coming to Mizzou. Yeah. So you, you just clear a mistrial here and, and get it over with, because this was a sham trial to begin with. It was not supposed to be a trial. The, the, the jury. I, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just trying to look out for Blake's client. Yes. That's all it was. I really am. The jury, the jury understood your motives. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad one of the two of you can, can hear things with a clear head. Listen, if you want to find a way for us to go almost 40 minutes on two games that we said could be one of the worst SEC basketball slays in the entire season, you just start talking about my guy, Dennis Gates, and we'll get there. All right? So, there you go. Check out right. our preview for tonight's game if you haven't already. It should be all on the channel. We've got some great games tonight. They're much shorter. We got, we got, we got games we will discuss tomorrow. I, I make no warranty about whether we'll go longer or shorter because we are unpredictable. Kinda but like we will have content, kind of like Texas a &M. We will have content tomorrow on those games. We might even have kangaroo court. I'm working on bracketology. I have no idea where that sits as at this moment because I haven't done that in a week. So that'll be fun. And whatever else comes up in your world. Baseball, we got we got baseball in the brain too. Been, been keeping a big eye on SEC baseball. So... In any case, thank you for watching. Hit that subscribe button if you have not. He is Max Barr. He is Blake Lovell. I'm Chris Lee. We are Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.